Hello and welcome to today's episode on blockchain and financial inclusion. I'm Effie Pilarinu and I'm with my co-host Arun Krishna Kumar from Rhetoric in London. Today we have uh, Christian Heiner, the president of One Bank for All Founding Association. Christian, thanks for joining us today. You're most welcome. Uh, can you please describe to us uh, your role within uh, the One Bank for All Founding Association? Well, very simply put, I call myself a hardcore social banker, and that explains what I'm actually mainly doing. I have started one of the first social banks in Switzerland some 30 years ago. It's called Alternative Bank Switzerland, which was actually my first venture, and they are still up and quite successful today. It's the largest social ethical bank in Switzerland with more than 35,000 customers and some 150 million Swiss francs. Or so. so I did start in the, in the world of social banking quite early. I have then been in banking, let's say, for the past 30 years. And today I am the president of the One Bank Troll Founding Association, which is actually having this project, Retail Banking where we want to start a bank in Europe and also obviously do focus on creating social banks in Africa, Asia and Latin America. We do have focus countries where we want to start first because obviously creating the first global social bank comes with a lot of challenges. So we take one challenge at a time. Can we ask you, Christian, when you say a social bank, it's such a broad term, both the bank part, it can be anything from retail to commercial to investment banking, and the term social, everybody understands a different thing. So can you tell us a bit about how you uh, see that term, and at least in the first step of the foundation how that, uh, where, where your focus is. Thank you for that question. It's very easy. We actually kind of are based on the roots of the term, which as far as I know, Professor Mohamed Yunus, uh, who worked uh, many years for Grameen Bank in Bangladesh, has defined the term social business pretty well. It means that most, or according to Professor Yunus, all the profit, we are not that extreme, we say most of our profit, is reinvested in social projects. So let's put it like this. Our motto is, our mission is, people before profit. And that says, with our activities, we want to contribute to find or to create solutions, impress or for the most biggest and social challenges in the world. So poverty alleviation, ending hunger, and yeah, offering decent housing for all those people who need it most is among our most important goals. Uh, you mentioned uh Christian, that you're starting a retail banking uh, operation in um, the European Union. Why not uh, the emerging markets? The EU part is very important in two ways. We found or we have already the experience is a very important target group for us because the diaspora are those people 
who actually also have usually some financial means to start activities in one way or the other. We find a lot of young and really dedicated social entrepreneurs among the diaspora. And we also find that the diaspora does not have the banking services, the financial services they are actually looking for. And there also our second part of not only retail banking, but investment banking comes in. We do right now use or create one of the very traditional financial instruments which is called a bond. So in, the ter- in terms of investment banking, we plan to raise 750 million euros from institutional investors by creating a green and social bond. And we do this because uh, issuing a bond comes with a lot of costs, approximately 700, 750K. So we have the innovation that not we ourselves but the projects who need funding, they do contribute to the issuing cost. And as a compensation for this contribution, we give them very attractive conditions for funding. So to give you a, a simple example, with a contribution of 10,000 euros to the issuing cost of this green and social bond, you can secure funding up to 2 million for, and now this is important, for a green and or social project. So green today is actually clearly defined, also social impact is clearly defined actually in the financial world because we also go for a listing at the Luxembourg Green Exchange because this is very important to be accepted by institutional investors. So we do not want to do greenwashing. We really want green projects with a positive ecological impact. And we love to hear or to combine it with a positive social impact, meaning we want the projects to create employment, to create income for the people they benefit and to provide high-quality services and products. That's a lot of information there, Christian. Thanks for that. So what you're saying is when you have a 10K investment into the, uh, into the bond issuing costs, um, I'll have an opportunity to tap into a 2 million uh, corpus of your bond uh, to invest into a green project, if, if, if my understanding is right. Your understanding is absolutely perfect. Nice. So the 2 million, uh, do you have any kind of uh, uh, regional uh, focus area for, for, the, for the 750 million that you're raising? No, we actually decided in order to kind of mitigate risks of geography, because some countries obviously are not that secure or the environment in terms of politics and legal is uh, sometimes a little bit shaky. So we said we want a mix and we know that obviously some regions need investments badly and the environment is not as stable as, for example, in Switzerland or in Europe. But we said obviously our investors, they do invest in the bond because they want to have a social, a positive social impact. So we said, okay, 
let's get a mixture in terms of risk assessment from regions, meaning Europe, for example, where the risk is low. But let's also not forget about those people and those countries where there is, let's say, a lot of room for improvement in terms of stable politics and laws and whatever. So where is the, the, this project of issuing the, the green social bond right now? When is it? Um... We are actually right now in the process of bringing all the consortium member, members together. We have right now about 20 members of the consortium. The, some of them have contributed a minimum but there are also projects which need funding of 20 million. So they have contributed, according to our formula, 100,000 euros to the issuing cost. So we have, let's say, about 10 more places or 10 more uh, members we would like to welcome. So if you have a project, if you know of a project that needs funding between 2 million and 20 million, please inform them about the green and social bond. We are still happy to talk to them, to explain to them how the process works, because we do have actually a deadline, which is a little bit short. We want to have all the members of the consortium joining by the end of this month, because we do need a timeline of anywhere around two, maybe two and a half months, to finalize all the legal requirements, meaning we have to issue or to create the prospectus where we also do portray the projects where we invest in. Then the prospectus is looked at and certified to, by an organization that does the ecological and social certification. Then we do have to apply for the listing in Luxembourg and only once we have all these steps kind of gone through, then we are ready to that the so-called SPV, that is a special purpose vehicle, can actually accept investments from the institutional investors. So that is also where we kind of spent the 700,000 euros for all this legal work and legal advice and legal uh, listing costs at the Green Exchange of Luxembourg. Christian, where does blockchain come in to this uh, social impact bond or the other projects that, that you have in mind um, to do? Okay, let me now go back to the retail banking. We do think or we do plan to use blockchain technology in the onboarding and KYC. Well, for the non-bankers, KYC means know your customer. So we do plan to integrate our core banking software with a blockchain-based onboarding solution, which means that our customers get a financial identity which is based on blockchain technology. And this financial identity, we do look for, let's say, for putting it or for basing it on 
the standards available today and also in the field, because that is also quite important, in the field of reporting the, let's say, the effects of our green and social bond, we are looking at the blockchain-based reporting solution, which is actually provided or suggested by the Purini Foundation. Maybe you have heard of them. And uh, yeah, that's what we are discussing with them to be using their solution for the reporting of the green and social bond. Do you have the, the solution uh, regarding the digital identity or you're in the process of selecting a provider to, to work with, to partner with? We have, um, we have kind of received or done an intense market research. And we ha- I think we have quite a good overview in terms of really a nice research paper which confirmed our results. And we are right now, actually next week, talking to our software providers and checking how to integrate the two worlds, meaning our core banking system will be based, let's say, on a traditional uh, SQL database, actually an open source database, MariaDB, which is a version of MySQL. And uh, that the reason for this is that we do think right now the blockchain technology from our point of view is not yet mature to handle 20 million transactions a day. There are some proprietary solutions available in the market. We do think there is still some, let's say some development uh, going to happen in the next few months or one or two years. And we would like to be sure that the, when we use blockchain technology for transactions that we can handle easily 20 million transactions because that from our point of view is the potential we have in the market of the so-called unbanked. Perhaps you know today there are still 2 billion people who don't have a bank account and I usually say when people start talking about market shares They talk about 50% market share, 80% market share. We are kind of very modest. We think 1% of that market is already a huge task. So with 1%, we will have 20 million customers and we will be the largest social bank in the world. So there we want to be sure that one day before Christmas, when they all make a transaction, we want to be sure that our system still works. So, uh, Christian, uh, I saw a story on your website about Vanjira, a, a small business owner in Africa who kind of lost all her monies and, uh, uh, and cash when there was a fire at her home and she lost her wooden stall, uh, uh, which she had set up for her own little business. And uh, based on my personal experience, this is, this is a common occurrence in a lot of these emerging world. So how do you, what are your uh, initiatives uh, that you've planned for to reach out these, uh, uh, the emerging market audience uh, and bring them onto the banking uh, secure? What are your thoughts on that? Well, first of all, I think in many emerging markets, the business model we are going for does not yet exist. Meaning in many banks, you have obstacles like minimum dis- deposits 
and monthly fees, which are really hindering or big, huge obstacles for low-income people. So we have uh, adjusted our business model to the bottom of the pyramid or to vulnerable people, whatever you want to call this group, because they do need a free account. That is what we think. And they do not need to pay monthly fees, but they need to pay a, to pay a small fee when they use the account. And usually these kind of people, they are not moving millions. They are moving small amounts of money for their daily needs. So we decided that with our technology, which I think is a, is a pretty good technology, we can offer transaction fees as low as 1% for national payments within the same jurisdiction and 2% for international payments, 1% for the sending bank and 1% for the receiving bank. And if you know the recommendations of World Bank, even World Bank today says a percentage of 3 to 4% is what they would expect from financial service providers. So we even think we can go well below that recommendation of World Bank and challenge all our competitors, what we love to do, because the ones who profit in the end will be those people who need it most. So we want to be really high quality or to provide high quality services at the best and most affordable rate. So that is our business model. And as you can see, we really go for high volumes. That is our business. We want to offer low fees, but obviously to be profitable, we need to get high volumes. But as I say, getting 20 million customers is just market share of 1%. And with 20, millions, uh, 20 million customers, we can easily be profitable. Our break-even, our business plan shows that we will probably reach break-even anywhere around 1 million customers. How far away from launch are you at the moment? Well, that depends a little bit on how, how much or how fast we can raise our capital. But so you can see that the green and social bond for our own project is also important because obviously we, part of our equity or our long-term capital will also come from the green and social bond. So meaning we will use our own initiative to also finance One Bank for All as this capital will be available at the beginning of 2019, we actually are preparing right now everything we need to have prepared, meaning the banking license, to launch in early 2019. My next question, uh, Christian, um, in terms of your banking license, uh, have you applied for it and, and where have you applied for it? And I guess, when do you expect to, to receive it? We are actually right now also talking with what is called a transaction bank, meaning a bank in the background 
who does kind of provide the license and also some, let's say, regulatory reporting facilities, because that would kind of take out the risk of having to deal with some authorities for six or even 12 months, because that seems to be right now the timeline that is uh, to be planned for when talking about getting a banking license. There are some, let's say, some states or some places where it does go faster. We also, right now, we talk to these authorities, but we have not yet decided. The decision will probably be taken this month where we are going or how we are going to finally do it if we are using a transaction bank or if we apply right now for our own license because the the way or the place where you apply for it is the most important decision. Great. Thank you so much, Christian, for, for explaining to us all about uh, One Bank for All and its mission and its uh, roadmap. Um, and before closing, we'd like to ask you a few more uh, personal questions to get to know you better. Is that okay with you? Sure. Go ahead. So, you know, you're traveling, that we understand, uh, to spread the mission. Any exotic places that you've been in these professional travels? Well, I have been already to China because there were some investors interested in China. Um, I have been to the Philippines, to Thailand, uh, obviously to a few countries in Africa, uh, Kenya, Uganda, Tanzania, uh, Cameroon, Ghana. Um, yeah, so those are the places I have visited so far. I was also in the U.S., uh, mainly in San Francisco, where there is a, a nice community interested in the in social banking and social finance. So, and obviously in Europe, I have been almost everywhere around Netherlands, Belgium, France, UK. Yeah, so I have seen some parts of the world due to my professional interest in social banking. So what's your favorite emerging markets uh, tourist part? I have uh, forgotten about Brazil, but uh, I must admit Brazil with a potential of 220 million people waiting badly for a social bank, that does impress me most. Great. So if you had the choice, that's where you would like to, to make the, the big debut of One Bank for All. Is that your dream? Um, well, actually, it will not be me or myself who will do that, but we do have an active group in Brazil. That's, by the way, the model we are using in all countries. We are not like a central headquarter in Europe which decides where to go. We always build on a local initiative. So as the Brazilian group is very active, even exploring how to get the banking or a fintech license in Brazil. Uh, we think it is very well possible that in, maybe not in 2019, but in 2020, One Bank for All could be operating in Brazil. So, so blockchain is not only used for, for ID and onboarding purposes, you're actually using the principles that blockchain um, you know, has at its heart uh, to build uh, your bank, which is bottom-up, 
rather than, than top-down, correct? Definitely. That is 100% correct. And I can tell you that really the blockchain technology in terms of especially a private blockchain for one bank for all does actually facilitate our operations in terms of you go to Brazil on holiday and you can use your account in Brazil as well as in Switzerland. That is blockchain-based. So do you like caipirinha? Or, or? One or two I can, I can kind of afford. Too much alcohol makes my brain slow and makes me sleepy. Thank you so much, Christian, for being with us today. Thank you Thanks, for Christian. the time and yeah, for helping us to promote One Bank for All and the green and social investments we are looking for. Thank you, Christian. Thanks for your time today. Oh, 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 oh,